For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the Threshold Covenant. This is part five of the series. This part of the teaching, we're going to show how the city of Jerusalem is regarded by the God of Israel as his threshold. And in the end of days, when the nations divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem, then they are crossing his threshold. And they're coming into his place and his domain and his city where he's placed his name. And they're doing so as a thief and a robber. And as a result, the God of Israel is going to judge the nations for doing this. And while he's judging the nations, he's going to gather and unite the exiles of Israel. And in doing so, Yeshua will be glorified and he will then set up his messianic kingdom on the earth. So now let's see how Jerusalem is the threshold of Yeshua. In Zechariah chapter 12, verse 2, it is written, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. This word cup is the Strong's number 5592 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. And it's the Hebrew word saf, and it means a threshold. But it was translated in Exodus chapter 12, when the children of Israel were commanded to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, it was translated as basin or bowl. And so it says, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they will be in the siege or war against Judah and against Jerusalem. Yeshua gave the land of Canaan to Abraham's seed forever. Once again, it was Yeshua that made covenant with Abraham in Genesis in chapter 15. And then in Genesis chapter 17, verse 8, it is written, And I will give unto you and to your seed after you the land where you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. We're told in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23, that the land of Israel is not to be sold or given away forever. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. In Genesis chapter 36, verse 8, we're told the following, Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. 
And then prophetically, we are given this prophecy unto Edom, Esau, or Mount Seir. In Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 2, it says, Son of man, set your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it. Verse 3, say unto it, thus says the Lord God, Behold, O Mount Seir, this is Esau. I am against you, and I will stretch out my hand against you, and I will make you most desolate. It continues on in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 1 and 2. Son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, You mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. What's the mountains of Israel? Biblically, it's Judea and Samaria, and it includes Jerusalem. So this is a prophecy to the heartland of Israel, Judea, Samaria, and Jerusalem. And it says in Ezekiel 36, verse 2, Thus says the Lord, because the enemy, the enemy is defined as Esau, Edom, Mount Seir, has said against you, that is the mountains of Israel, Judea, Samaria, commonly called today the West Bank and Jerusalem. Aha! Even the ancient high places are ours in possession. But the God of Israel is going to declare judgment upon Esau, Edom, Mount Seir for proclaiming and seeking to make the mountains of Israel his possession. Why? Because we're told in Genesis chapter 25 that Esau sold the birthright to Jacob. And in receiving the covenant that was made to Abraham, Isaac, that got passed on to Jacob, when the God of Israel brought the children of Israel into the promised land, that he gave Jacob a land inheritance. And so it is legally Jacob's, but Esau wants to claim that the mountains of Israel is his. But the God of Israel is going to judge Esau. It says in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 5, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the nations and against all of Edomia. Edomia is the Greek name for Edom or Esau. And so the God of Israel is going to judge the nations and Esau which have appointed my land for their possession. And then it goes on to say, with the joy of all their heart. So what is the joy of the heart of the United Nations, which represents the nations of the world and the Arab world and the people that call themselves the Palestinians? They desire to have what they call a two-state solution as solving the conflict between the nation of Israel and the people that call themselves the Palestinians and to a larger extent the Arab world. And so there's a conflict regarding the land and to whom does the land belong. And the nations of the world and the Arab world and the Palestinians, they want an establishment and a recognition of a Palestinian state. And they want East Jerusalem to be the capital of that Palestinian state. This would be dividing the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem. And because they would be dividing Jerusalem against the will of the God of Israel, we're going to see that he placed his name in Jerusalem. And thus, by dividing Jerusalem, they are coming against the house of the God of Israel. And they are illegally entering into his house. He's not given them permission to do so. He's not welcomed them. And they then 
have crossed his threshold and done so and came into the house illegally. He will judge the nations for doing it. And so now we're going to see and understand what happened on November 29th, 1947, where the United Nations General Assembly voted for a solution regarding the conflict between Israel or the Jews that are living in the land in the Arab world at large. And so the General Assembly of the United Nations voted on November 29, 1947 to create a Arab state and a Jewish state and make Jerusalem an international city. And this solution was to be implemented at the termination of the British mandate, which was designated to be on May the 14th, 1948. So from World War one, the British had control of the area, which is now the land of Israel under what was known as the British Mandate. And so because the British got frustrated in trying to be friends with both the Jews and the Arabs, they gave their mandate over to the United Nations General Assembly, who voted for a two-state solution, an Arab state, a Jewish state, and to make Jerusalem an international city. And this vote was to be implemented on the designated day of the end of the British mandate, which was May the 14th, 1948. And so this is why on that day, the first prime minister of Israel, David Ben-Gurion, declared the state of Israel. And when he did, it was recognized by the United States and the president of the United States at that time, Harry Truman. So in this United Nations General Assembly resolution, where they proclaimed a two-state solution, they also recommended that Jerusalem be an international city. The partition plan vote became UN Resolution 181. In Part 3, Section A of UN Resolution 181, the city of Jerusalem was established as a corpus separatum under a special international regime and shall be administered by the United Nations. Thus, the plan of the United Nations was for Jerusalem to become an international city. So it's prophesied in the book of Joel that as we come to the time of the day of the Lord, Joel chapter 1 verse 15, it says, Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, that the nations are going to divide the land of Israel. It says in Joel chapter 3 verse 2, I will gather all nations and bring them into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted or divided my land. Now it's prophesied in Zechariah chapter 14, and in verse 1, the time period is the day of the Lord approaching, that we're told in verse 2 that the nations through war will divide the city of Jerusalem. I'm going to gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, war. The city will be taken, and half the city will go into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And so now we're going to see the stamp of the God of Israel upon Jerusalem. And we're going to see this through sharing with you the Hebrew letter Shin, which resembles a W in our alphabet. So the Hebrew letter has two forms. If you put the dot on 
the right side of the letter, it's pronounced as a shin. And if you put it on the left side of the letter, it's pronounced as a sin. So on the right side, an S-H, and on the left side, an S. And so now if we look at the topography, an aerial photograph of the city of Jerusalem, it's physically laid out as a Hebrew letter shin. And in 2 Kings chapter 21, verse 4, it says, And he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord said, In Jerusalem will I put my name. So how did the God of Israel put his name in Jerusalem? Well, this is how he did it. We have on the east side of Jerusalem is the Kidron Valley. And on the west side is the Hinon Valley. And in between is the Tyropian Valley. And if you draw out these three valleys, it's going to form the Hebrew letter Shin. And we can see on the right side of forming the Shin is where the temple stood. And as we've gone over in this teaching, the temple is the community house of the God of that place. And so the temple of God is the domain of the God of Israel representing his ownership over the city of Jerusalem. And so we see that the God of Israel has placed his name in Jerusalem, but he's also the watchman or the guardian of Jerusalem. Psalm 121 verse 4 says, He that keeps or guards Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Psalm 122 verse 6, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They will prosper that love thee. And so when the nations come against Jerusalem and when they divide the city, we are told in Joel chapter 3 verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And so we're going to have to choose just like a choice had to be made in the land of Egypt. Are you going to welcome the God of Israel into your house? Are you going to receive him as your savior and Lord? And are you going to embrace the covenant that was made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Or are you going to reject him? If you embrace him, he's going to bring deliverance and salvation to you. But if you reject the God of Israel, if you reject Yeshua the Messiah, then judgment is going to come upon the nations and come upon your house. So in Joel chapter 3, verse 14, where it says, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, the word decision is the Strong's number 2742 in the Strong's Hebrew Dictionary. It's a Hebrew word, harutz. And this word means a strict decision, but its application is it's a threshing instrument. It's, it's a separation. It's a decision that has to be made. So dividing Jerusalem will cause judgment upon the nation. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 3, it is written, Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. So the judgment for coming against Jerusalem and for dividing the city is going to be nuclear warfare. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 12. This will be the plague where the Lord will smite all the people that fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh will consume away while they stand upon their feet. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes and their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. Israel is the apple 
of the eye of the God of Israel. We see this from Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 9 and 10. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. And he found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Then in Zechariah chapter 2 verse 8 it is written, For thus says the Lord of hosts, After the glory has he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. Yeshua is going to remember the covenant that he made with Abraham in Genesis in chapter 15. We're told in Leviticus chapter 26 verse 42 as it is written, then will I remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember and I will remember the land. And so Yeshua is going to be glorified through his people Israel. We're told in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 3, and he said unto me, you are my servant, O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. So Yeshua is going to return when the exiles of Israel are gathered and when Yeshua ends their exile. Psalm 102 verse 13, you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is come. Psalm 102 verse 16, when the Lord builds up Zion, he will appear in his glory. So when is Yeshua going to return and appear in his glory? When he builds up Zion. But what is the building up of Zion? Zion and Jerusalem are synonymous terms. And so the building up of Zion is the same as the building up of Jerusalem. And what is the building up of Jerusalem? We can see that in Psalm 147 verse 2. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. So gathering, uniting the exiles of Israel and bringing them back to the land is the building up a Jerusalem or the building up a Zion. And when Yeshua does this, he will appear in his glory. So Yeshua prayed for the ending of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel and their return to the land of Israel in John chapter 17, verse 21, that they all may be one as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world would believe that you have sent me. And so the world is going to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah when he ends the exile of his people and gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel, fulfilling the prophecy of Ezekiel in chapter 37, verses 15 through 24. So Yeshua is going to gather the exiles of Israel in a period of time known as Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3 and verse 7, it is written, for lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, that's northern kingdom, and Judah, southern kingdom, says the Lord. And I'm going to cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers, and they shall possess it. Alas, for that day, what day? The day that Israel and Judah returns to the land. That day is great. There's none like it. That day is the time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob's trouble is a term for the tribulation period. So Yeshua is going to be glorified when he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel. He's going to be recognized as the Messiah of all 12 tribes, and the world will also know who he is as well. Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 21 and verse 23, And I will set my glory among the nations, and the nations will know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity, because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them 
into the hand of their enemies. We can see how Yeshua is glorified when he gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel. In Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 25, this is following the defeat of the Gog Magog armies upon the mountains of Israel. And with their defeat, the God of Israel declares the exile over. Thus says the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel. And I will be jealous for my holy name. Then in Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 27, it is written, when I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and I am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations. So Yeshua and the nation of Israel are going to be glorified together when Yeshua ends the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel. That's how Yeshua is going to be glorified and recognized and proclaimed as Messiah by the 12 tribes of Israel. And in doing so, Yeshua is going to judge the nations. He's going to return, set his feet down on the Mount of Olives. He's going to set up his kingdom. He's going to rule and reign with Israel as the head of the nations. And when Israel is the head of the nations during Yeshua's messianic rule and reign, Israel will be glorified among the nations as well. Yeshua prayed for this in John chapter 17, verse 21, when he said, I pray that they may be one. And then in verse 22, he says, in the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. And so then Yeshua is not only going to be recognized as the Messiah by all 12 tribes, but he's going to be king over all the earth. Once he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and sets up his kingdom, he'll be recognized and proclaimed as king over all the earth. Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, And the Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day there will be one Lord and his name one. So let's summarize what we've covered in this last section of the teaching on the threshold covenant. We've covered the following. Number one, Jerusalem is Yeshua's threshold. Number two, Jerusalem is the watchman or the guardian of Jerusalem. Number three, the God of Israel has written his name in Jerusalem through the Hebrew letter Shin. Number four, when the nations divide the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem and a Palestinian state is created, they are making an illegal claim and are crossing the threshold of Yeshua where he's placed his name in Jerusalem and thus they are acting along with the nations as a thief. And number five, as a result, Yeshua will judge the nations for dividing his covenant land and city with nuclear warfare. In judging the nations, Yeshua will honor his covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Number seven, individuals and nations must decide if they want to cross the threshold and invite Yeshua into their heart and their life. And if they are willing to believe the covenant that Yeshua made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And number eight, in honoring the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yeshua will gather the exiles of Israel and return them to the land of Israel. Number nine, 
When Yeshua gathers the exiles of Israel, he will be glorified. Number 10, when Yeshua gathers the exiles of Israel, he will set up his kingdom and rule and reign on the earth and be recognized as king over all the earth. Well, that's going to conclude our teaching on the Threshold Covenant. Well, that's going to conclude part five of the series on the subject, the Threshold Covenant. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others. We are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.